Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Welcome to episode two of Craft to Career with Elizabeth Chapel. I am super excited to have my friend Susie Quilts as our guest today on the podcast. Susie is one of the most well-known modern quilters in the quilting world today. She's one of the young, hip, cool quilters, and you may have seen her quilting patterns out there if you're at all into the quilting world. But don't worry if you're not a quilter, there's a lot that Susie's going to share with us today about how she started her career and some things that really helped her find success. I am super excited for you to get to meet Susie, so let's jump on in. Susie, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you, Elizabeth. That was such a nice intro. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's all true. Thank you. So, okay, Susie, the first time I remember finding out about you, I was new in the quilting world. And Susie Quilts, it was like 2015, I think. I saw your fishing net pattern and bought it. And in my mind, in my world, you were this established businesswoman. You'd been around for years. And recently, I think I saw or read that you started your quilting business around that same time. I'm I'm not sure, but can you walk me through the timeline of your business? Yeah, dates have always been very fuzzy to me. I mean, even Mm -hmm. if you ask me what happened yesterday, it's like, (laughs) Um, but so it's kind of, it's a little bit of an overlapping so I, 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 you know, I graduated from school as a graphic designer. I know I'm jumping ahead because I, I That's think fine. you might ask me about this later. Um, so I, you know, I went to school. <laughs> can I backtrack even more? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> can I give you my entire life story for one question? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I was 15 years old. <laughs> um, this was like. 2001, maybe. I, again, I don't know. I don't really know my own age. Um, 15 years old. I, no one in my family is um, into sewing or craft or any kind of art related anything. Okay. But I, I was very, very intrigued about um, how I could get more creative. Like I knew it was in me, but I, I had had no idea how to get it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my, my best friend that I had re- I'd kind of recently made in junior high, um, had me over to her house to play video games. And I, I've never been into video games. Like I always mm-hmm. tried to fake it cause that was cool, <laughs> but you know, I don't know. It was some t- I could like take a break or something. And I wandered into her mom's sewing room. And her mom was an avid quilter. Like she had, I think at least three Berninas set up. She had a massive design wall. I mean, she just had like stacks of fabric. And I walked in and I was like, what is this world? Like it was kind of like um, entering Narnia, you know, like in cracked open the the wardrobe. And I was like, what? (laughs) Um, So I asked her, I mean, this was like to the horror of my friend. I asked if she would teach me how to sew. And I think after she like picked her jaw up, she was like, you want me to teach you? Because she had four daughters and they all thought that that quilting was kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. She was like, yeah. And so, I mean, after that, I would call her on Friday night and say, <laughs> can I come over? You know, and I, would I love call, this. And this is before people had cell phones. And so I'd call <laughs> 
in line and my friend Kari would answer and she'd be like, Suze, what's up? You want to come over? And I'd be like, yeah, can I talk to your mom? (laughs) (laughs) You know, she'd kind of get mad at me about that, but then she'd hang out and she'd laugh with us. But, um, yeah, anyway, so I loved sewing and I loved, I had this idea because I had this window of, you know, like your, your occupation is what your days look like. And I don't, mm-hmm. Maybe that's like a really obvious thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she, uh, the woman who taught me, her name is Brenda. She just had wonderful days. I mean, mm-hmm. she, you know, mom, she quilted all day. I mean, she just had wonderful days. And I thought, wow, how do I have a job where I have wonderful days? And so I, I thought, I wonder if I can go to college and get a degree in quilting. Like, I wonder <laughs> if this is going to work out for me. <laughs> and so I literally did that. I went, I searched around school. I'm from Missouri and there was a school about an hour and a half away from where I grew up that had a fiber arts program. And I was like, well, done. I mean, I'm like setting myself up to live the dream. Right. So I, you know, I go to college and, um, I'm a dreamer. I always have been, I'm living on a cloud that doesn't really exist in anyone else's world. (laughs) And I thankfully get saddled with a really pragmatic roommate, random roommate, freshman year in the dorms. And I think she's like, um, I don't know, maybe she's a poli sci major. We couldn't be more different, Mm -hmm. but she was like, the thing I needed. Okay. So she, she actually started asking me questions that no one had asked me. Cause I think my parents just like really wanted to encourage my dreams um, right? to a point where <laughs> at some point the world was going to stick a needle in my, in my balloon, you know, <laughs> pop it, but, like, they didn't want to be the ones to do it. <laughs> Bless them. My, my roommate was the one to do it. And I'm so glad she, she did because she was just kind of asking me questions, you know, like, um, how are you going to get a job? What does like a job look like for you? <laughs> you know, just, you know, asking me about jobs. So then I was like, oh, okay, I'll double major. I'll cover my bases. I'll double, double major. I'll get fiber arts. And then I'll just throw in graphic design. Cause you know, I've seen people do that in the same building where I'm doing other things. Cause you know, it's like the art department building. Mm-hmm. And computers are involved. That's like a thing you can get a job with. Um, I'll do that. So just through, you know, having two majors is too, is too much for most people. It was too much for me. Um, so I ended up graduating with just a graphic design degree, basically all because my roommate finally asked me like some hard questions. My freshman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, I, but see, I don't know if anyone remembers this in 2008. This is when I graduated college. Do you remember what happened to the economy in 2008? Oh yeah. My husband just started as a financial advisor. Ouch. Oh. Yep. <laughs> so he'll never forget what happened in 2008. I mean, it was a scary time to be 22 and fresh uh, in the job market. And luckily I, I landed a job. I'd moved to Chicago with a bunch of friends um, just because, because we thought that was going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all got these terrible jobs, uh, but the terrible jobs were the only things people could get. And we were grateful for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a, I got a job, dr- I had to drive out to the suburbs. I worked in this huge, 
huge office building with just hundreds of cubicles. And I was like the lowest person on the totem pole of this, like, I can't even describe, like we made lots of different books and photo albums and things you would maybe buy at a drugstore that you didn't really want, but it was like on sale, you know, Mm -hmm, mm those and I was like the assistant to the assistant of the person who made those. <laughs> so like Dwight Schrute kind of thing? No, not even. Like oh. Andy, Andy Dwyer. <laughs> okay. The assistant to the assistant. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, like, again, I just kept thinking a good job is a good day. Like you're good. You have good days, make up a good job. Like that's, this is like. The, the not the dream that I wanted, you know, this is kind of the antithesis of the dream I was, I was trying to shape. Um, so I, I, I didn't last long because again, I think it's really hard for a dreamer to get, to just make themselves be practical. Mm-hmm. I think you can try really hard, um, but it's just not your DNA, you know, and you, you can't yep. force it. So I, I ended up, um, I got, uh, I, I thought that at that time I wanted to be a gig poster designer. What is a gig post designer? <laughs> I know. So my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, um, super into concerts and music. He got me really into like, you know, these underground indie bands, you know, we're, we're, we're like really into the Chicago hipster scene in the early 2000s, you know, like when it was very, um, I don't know. Hipster. Hipster, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so um this really it was actually these these two amazing graphic designers, they're making gig posters. So it's basically when a band comes to a town like Chicago, um they get an art poster designed for them that just gets smacked up all over the city. And so it's kind of like guerrilla art because cool. your your art goes places and it's grungy and it's free and Mm-hmm. No one's really fun for these cake posters, okay? But I was like, that was all. I was totally about that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, but that doesn't pay the rent, and then all of a sudden, I was like, oh no, my rent's due, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so my parents again are like, well, my little dreamer, you can move back home. <laughs> I ended up just moving back home, and I got a job at a graphic design firm, one ad agency, making. Um, advertisements and it it was a it was a a job I needed it wasn't as like soul-sucking as the cubicle job you know in the suburbs or whatever but mm-hmm. um, I was living with my parents did that for a year and a half and uh I I learned how to sit my butt in a chair for eight hours a day and it was something that was really really tough for me because I love to move around mm-hmm. and all my day broken up um, but it's, a, I think it's a good lesson in hard work and showing up every day and mm-hmm. being involved. Yep. Being some, doing something a little boring actually. Yeah. And, and it's okay if you're, if not every day is like your best day, you know? Like right. Yeah. yeah. So from there I pivoted into my own freelance graphic design, which turned out to be too six like I wouldn't say successful, but too busy. Mm-hmm. For my own good. I mean, I it was total. You know, they say like feast and famine. It was just constant feast. Like 
I think at that time people were, the economy was picking up, but people weren't hiring, they were contracting. And so I was just, it was constant graphic design work. Um, I ended up getting married and moving back to Chicago. And so that's how I started my own business. What kind of graphic design work were you doing? I was doing a lot of book layout. Um, Hmm. And have you ever heard of Nielsen um, market research? They do syndicated market research. No, I haven't. My one exposure to Nielsen in the like the big world before I was working with them as a contractor was they send people to movie theaters to survey you. (laughs) Really? I mean, they they survey people about everything. They're huge. So I they were one of my big clients where I would create infographics and syndicated. I would get a bunch of data and I would create infographics and reports that looked good that they could then sell. But yeah, so from there I learned how to the importance of infographics, you know, bite-sized information. You don't want to read a 20 page report, but you'll look at a pretty diagram, right? Hmm, Cool. Yeah. So from there, so working, I did a book layout. I would do these syndicated reports. Um, I think I, I, it it kind of switched some rerouting in my brain to just think, you know, how can we clearly dissect uh, these processes? We do when we sew. I mean, I, throughout all of it, I was still sewing. I was still quilting. And, you know, it was really mm-hmm. my passion, but it, it wasn't going to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, but that definitely, I think, has helped me look at quilt pattern writing um, differently because yeah. of that graphic design background, that book layout background, um, you know, the importance of clean, crisp type layout, uh, and then juxtaposed with clean, crisp graphics. Mm-hmm. So for, for years I did that. And, um, but your question was in 2015 about the first pattern. So I was definitely still like doing graphic design. I, I, I wanted to, so after I got married, I wanted to get more into my quilting because there's like a weird nesting thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It happens again when you get pregnant. Uh, it's true. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll make quilts and I'll sell quilts. People will want to buy them, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, nobody wanted to buy my quilts. <laughs> nobody did. Actually, I think one person did. Um, but then I, you know, I was I discovered Instagram. I was really anti because my background of like, I don't know, like being too hip for social media, mm-hmm. really anti-social media. Um, and then my friend uh, who had started her own little creative business, um, she had like 600 followers. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're actually like marketing to people. Mm-hmm. Like you have that many people. And I thought 600 was a lot. I mean, at the time it kind of was because what yeah. was 2014. I mean, Instagram was kind of new. Yeah. Um, so I tried it, I got on and what was shocking to me first off, which I think anyone who's at all in the quilting community can attest to is how friendly people were. Yes. It weirded me out. I was like, <laughs> what? You don't know me. Why are you being so nice? What do you want from me? Like, right. like this, this, this. this hardcore Chicago girl, what do you want? 
Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm naturally, I think, a little bit suspicious of people who are nice to me. I'm like, well, um, yeah, so obviously nobody wanted to buy my quilts. But mm-hmm. anytime I posted something, people would say, where's the pattern? I want the pattern. And it's like, well, I designed this. Stop asking me for the pattern. <laughs> this is mine. Yeah, it's like, I just did this because it's fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so then I, that little flip that was like, okay, if you're going to be a dreamer, you also got to pay your bills. How can you do both? So I wrote my first quilt pattern. Um, and like two people bought it on, I think the launch day, <laughs> which was your very first pattern. My very first pattern was Nordic triangles. Oh, okay. Yeah. It had a bunch of mistakes in it. I don't right. know proof of it. Right. <laughs> I didn't have a single person test it. <laughs> no, didn't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> did you start your blog at the same time? Like how did the blog start? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So I, you know, I, I feel like I, I I got so lucky with the people I know and the information that they just told me for free. Um, okay. I'll I'll say luck plus hard work, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All business owners will say it's usually a combination of the two. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I get like a dream in my head, I will really go after it like really, really hard. You know, I I can get love it. With it. Um, but one of my best friends from college, he, this is so crazy because he and I are so similar. He was a poet. So I was, you know, a fiber artist. He's a poet. Um, we, you know, we would spend Saturdays, you know, in coffee shops together and all of this, but, um, he really at his core, he was also an entrepreneur. just hadn't discovered it. Same, same yep. with me. And so he was, a, he was a writer, you know, like he wrote poetry, but he was also just a writer. And so randomly, you know, he takes up a temp job because you know, we all have to pay our bills. Mm-hmm. And he's working for a company where he learns about search engine optimization. So he's learning that to optimize something on the internet, you have to write a lot of words about it. That's how Google picks it up. Mm-hmm. So he's such a good writer. He's like, yeah, I can crank out a thousand words. No big deal. Um, and then he starts his own website, realizes, oh my gosh, my website is getting a lot of traction because I can just write a lot really fast. So he's optimizing this website, realizing he's making a lot of money through advertisements and affiliates. And I'm just like, this is, this is amazing. This is so cool. And he's looking at my business where I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. You got to start a blog. You got to write. You got to optimize this blog. Let me help you. And you know, oh, you're I, so lucky. Uh, seriously, I I was not the proficient writer like he was. So especially in the beginning, hammering out a thousand words, oh, mm-hmm. all day. You know, a lot of but, sandwiches and breaks, and it was rough. But has it? I mean, how long does it take you now to write a blog post? Would you say? It, you know, it depends on what kind. Um, there's there's a couple different kinds that I put out. Uh, I would say there's like more of an editorial kind where it's just, um, let me give you some information on polyester batting. Uh, mm-hmm. Here are the facts. Here are some funny little anecdotes. Here are some pictures. Uh, an informational blog post like that could probably, I could probably do in a morning. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times the photos take a lot of time. Yep. And then, you know, I'm also kind of... Uh, 
thinking optimize for Pinterest, optimize for, you know, mm-hmm. SEO, optimize, whatever. Um, so there's different things I'm trying to kind of plug into each blog post. But if you have a tutorial, I mean, sometimes those can take you a week. Right. The photos, the steps, all that. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, so I am intrigued. I remember the first time I actually really knew that quilters were using SEO. You had mentioned something like, you know, I use the, t- the word ultimate in the title to optimize SEO. I was like, yeah. And in my head, I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> so I started Googling like, what, how do I do that? So you knew about that from the get-go. I, I'm definitely not from the get-go. No, okay. from the get-go, I was trying to sell quilts. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. <laughs> so this is actually, I, now that I remember right, I had just released my second pattern, which you can't even buy anymore. It was called Propeller. A, a better version of that is out now called Modern Fans. Okay. Um, but I, I put it out there. It had a video tutorial because I was like, videos are, are a thing now. People are mm-hmm. videos. <laughs> but again, this is, like you said, 2015. So it's not like... I was a huge, like totally behind the curve, you know, but like, right. anyway, so, um, my friend, the poet, his name was Perrin, Perrin, the poet. Um, he, he's also really big into Reddit, which is still something I haven't tapped into. Same. Yeah. So he posted my video on Reddit and in a day it got a thousand views and like, um, I actually had, you know, a handful of, of sales. Like I wasn't really. Hmm. Sales. And so I was like, all right, Perrin, I kind of think, you know, what you're talking about a little bit. I'll try out this SEO business. I'll try okay. it. Out. Start writing some blog posts. And he actually, I still don't, I don't have this anymore. I, I don't, I don't know how he does it. He, he has some kind of, um, uh, formula formula, thank you, that where he can find out what people are searching for and then um, how, like what blog posts are optimizing for those search words. And All he, right, let's get in touch with your buddy here. And right? yeah. <laughs> he was like, you need to write blog posts about this. Here's your top 100 list. And your cornerstone blog post needs to be quilt sizes. People are constantly Googling quilt sizes, that, mm. that keyword phrase. And there are like no blog posts about it. So you need to do an infographic. You need to do charts. You need to write at least a thousand words. And this needs to be your biggest priority for your website. And to this day, six years later, it's my most trafficked post. That's amazing. Okay. So are you a one woman show? Do you have a team? Do you have assistants? How do you do all the things? I haven't been a one woman show for years, actually. I, um, I'm a pretty, I've gotten, I've gotten, I guess, more of a callous exterior, but I, I could, I I was really sensitive in the beginning and I would get really cut down by some of the customer service stuff I had to deal with. Mm -hmm. So even just like as a protective thing, that was one thing John really kind of encouraged me to, to hire out early on. I mean, he saw that getting me down. And I think he saw like, your dream's not going to last if you let this get you down. So I hired, yeah. And it's so good to have people who know you, you know, Mm -hmm. say things like that to you. Um, I hired someone, a contractor to do my customer service stuff, I think maybe three years ago. Hmm. Um, 
And, but recently, uh, and I, you know, I have other people I hire. I have someone to do, um, I hired different contractors to do um, different various things for me that I don't want to do. Great things. But as your business grows, you can kind of farm out the tasks you don't want to do. Yeah. There's always someone you can pay. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Um, But this, this year, uh, I hired my first employee. So I actually run payroll now. I know. That's exciting. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> I hear a real deal. I know. Um, that was cool. Yeah. So in January, she started, her name is Laura Hopper. She's, she's so much more amazing than what I deserve and what I thought I was going to get when I first like put out the bat signal that I was hiring. Yeah. Um, I mean, her resume is so much cooler than mine. So <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful every day that she works with me. And um, yeah, so what's great is I'm about to go on maternity leave. And last time I went on maternity leave, I, I kind of just had to shut things down. Right. And then, you know, like this entrepreneur half of me, you know, it's a pretty strong half of me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like angsty a little bit, you know? Yes. Like, you know, you get it. Yes. I enjoyed my new baby. I enjoyed my maternity leave, but eventually I was like, I, I want to do it all. How do I do it all? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. so do you, a uh, question, do you, well, okay. When you go on vacation, do you get angsty? Cause I love vacation, but I also, maybe I need a more full-time assistant where anyhow, I just, it stresses me out to be gone. You know, this is like a pre COVID question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. No I travels right now. I haven't dealt with this. <laughs> since. I I don't even know what the You're like, what's that word you said? Travel? Means. Um, yeah, I don't I would like to go on a vacation. And I think it's been so long when I finally do go on a vacation, I won't be angsty. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I know that feeling early on before I had help before I, I felt like I'm the captain of the ship. And if I'm not behind the wheel, it's going to stink. It's going to sink. Like it's just going to plunge to the bottom of the ocean. And that's a terrible feeling. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is nice to feel like you can step away. You can hand over, even if the person you hand it over to is not that into it and doing it with one hand and whatever, at least it's not going to sink, you know? True. All right. I used to have this irrational, and that's what it is, irrational fear that people would forget me. Mm-hmm. It's a like it's a really narcissistic fear when I when I step back and look at it because I think the only reason anyone cares about me is because I'm constantly putting out content and I'm I'm trying really hard to stay relevant. But the second I stop trying a hundred percent the whole world is going to forget I exist. I think that's normal. I've heard, sorry, I've heard a few other entrepreneurs who say the same thing. I I don't know if like Instagram does such a good job of making us feel like we have to post every day or what, but there is this fear of like, well, I haven't posted for a couple months now. So I guess I'm, I'm done. You know, I don't know where that comes from. I, I don't, I, I will say I've gotten better, but that used to really plague me. And I couldn't enjoy vacation, like you were saying. Right. So what helped with that? Please share. Um, I think what helped is doing this business long enough. Um, that, and also, my, I had a maternity leave a couple of years ago. And I did step away. And then I came back and people hadn't 
forgotten me or if they had, they re-remembered. Okay. Yeah. And it's, and the truth is what, what I think what I have finally 100% like wholly in my body realized is that nobody really cares about me. They care right. about themselves. <laughs> it's true. About themselves. So no matter how long my break is, when I come back, if I give away free stuff and I'm sharing sewing knowledge and whatever, like people will consume that again yep. because they never really cared about me in the first place. Right. And if they did too much, it's a little weird. <laughs> Probably. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that. I mean, it really is all about service and what you're offering and how you're helping someone else. And then you can't go wrong. And that's not, that's not a knock on people. I think that's, that's really just oh, like, it's, um, it's liberating just knowing, mm-hmm. you know, like we're all inside of our own heads. Like, you know, I'm not constantly thinking about Instagram influencers all day. That would be so weird. Right. And exhausting too much. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I tell me if this is right. I'm pivoting here a bit, but I remember that you had a quilt design. I think it was carried in the land of Nod. Is that right? Yeah. Which is no longer a company. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So it's now Crate and Kids, which is a division of Crate and Barrel. That's cool. So, how did that come about? And was it the Stars Hollow pattern? That was one of the quilts and Campfire. Okay. Yeah. I learned a lesson pretty quickly through that. So I got to know, um, the creative director at land of nod, um, just through, I don't know, through a contact it's a Chicago based company actually. Okay. Um, she is awesome. She left land of nod. I, I don't, I don't know what was going on with them internally in the, I signed a contract with land of nod my quilts were released through Land of Nod, but like the second they were released, Land of Nod stopped existing and it was uh, taken over by Crate and Kids. And Land of Nod was a really cool company because I think something like 85% of their products were artist collaborations. That is cool. Yeah. And I, I mean, it was, it kept their business fresh. I mean, they were doing something that no other company was doing at that time in children's decor and, um, toys, Mm -hmm. but they were, they, the whole time they were owned by Crate and Barrel, but they were allowed to just kind of do their own thing. They're kind of like the wild stepchild, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So then Crate, I think, I don't know if they weren't profitable enough. I don't know if maybe Michelle, the creative director just was like, I'm not doing this anymore left. And so it just got absorbed. They rebranded Crate and Kids. Now I don't, they don't really do that many artist collaborations. It's all like in-house designer stuff. Kind of like what Crate mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's much more tame now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not nearly as cutting edge as it was. Um, but my contract just got lost. I mean, it got lost in the shuffle of the merger. I ended up not getting paid for like a, a, at least a year. Oh, um, wow. When I did get paid, I was like, what? That's it? <laughs> Dude, okay. I mean, you think um, being licensed with by with a huge big box company is like a real flashy thing, like a really like a like a feather in your cap as a mm-hmm. business. But I have I've realized that these things that are flashy and that the world sees as oh wow you're a big deal. Um, a lot of times they're not the most lucrative things. 
And the more 100%. Yeah. The more lucrative things are, you know, the quiet chugging along in the background that nobody knows about. This is so huge. I want to talk about that for like a second because I cannot tell you for one people will look and I don't mean this in a bad way, but they'll look at your following and be like, well, if I can't have that, then I can't be successful. And they'll look at these things. Like you said, a feather in your cap, but I try to point them to look at this person who has a thousand followers and they're earning six figures. You know, it's the quiet. It doesn't always have to look a certain way. And Anyhow, I, I feel really strongly about that. So this is an interesting, interesting story. Yeah. And I, I will say, you know, you always just have to have your like spidey senses up as to how, how is not our industry. And I say our like craft industry, but just how is the business world evolving? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times our industry, especially the quilting specifically, um, it doesn't evolve very quickly and it's very, very behind. Yep. And so uh, when I was first getting kind of popular and people were reading my blog, I had a handful of publishers reach out to me. Well, you've got to publish a book. That's the next step in your career. And I was just looking at these numbers and I was realizing this is actually kind of a career killer for me. Mm-hmm. I would have to pause from the blog. I would have to work constantly on the secret project. Yep. You know, and then it would only your first run of my book as a first time author would only be X amount of copies. Yep. I like, even if all of those sell out, I will not make back the money I'm losing from, you know, like building my business publicly through search engine optimization now. Yeah. Like if none of the numbers were making any sense to me. So it was hard for me as like a young kind of deer in the headlights. Like maybe I don't know, maybe they are right, you know, but then mm-hmm. going back to my gut and being like, but this doesn't make sense. Yep. So like saying no to what looked like cool opportunities, you know? Yes. Uh, and I just, I feel like as an artist, creative uh, entrepreneur to take what you can in your own hands. I mean, we've seen it with different um, companies where people will contract out their work to be hosted by so-and-so, and and then it goes under and you don't own your work anymore. And Mm -hmm. I just, it, to be able to put out what you want when you want, and to be able to, to own that and not in a selfish way, but just to have some control over what your people are going to get and to get as a business owner to get paid for what you're putting out there. I don't know. I, I like owning it myself, but, um, I guess some people have a lot of success otherwise, but yeah, I don't, I think you just have to like really understand your own dream. Yep. You know, and what, what success looks like for you. Yep. Yep. I like that. So what things can Susie Colts fans look forward to? What's on the horizon? Well, you know, I think one, one thing, I don't know, I look back, I'm always looking back and just thinking, how can I evolve and what do people care about? You know? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. I, but in the same way, I always have to just be me. So last year, um, 
I finally put myself on a pretty strict schedule and I released four quilt patterns, one for each quarter um, of the year. And they were, they were themed and they all, they all tied together and they built on each other. And I, I loved how that gave my mind so much peace because I always knew what was coming I, every day. I knew what to work on. I felt like people enjoyed that too. They knew what to expect from me. Like even in, in early March of 2020, I said, here are the release dates for all the Susie Quilts patterns in 2020. Here are the sew along dates. If you want to put them in your calendar, if you're a planner, um, you know, here you mm-hmm. go. And actually I, ha- I was like, this worked out so great. I'm going to do that again for 2021. So 2021 has four sewing patterns, one for each quarter and a sew along for each one. And I'm not leaving the sew along for this, this next one that's starting um, on Wednesday. Uh, but, um, Laura is and very cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But give structure. When do you write those patterns? Is it like throughout the year or do you have a planning session? You write it and I design all of them at the end, end of the year, beginning of the year. So within a few months, I design all of them. Um, and then, yeah, it's just like bang, 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 write them. Thank yeah. Very cool. All right. So we'll check those out. We'll put a link to those in the show notes. So to end things, I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Hit me. All right. What is your favorite food? Peanut butter. Hmm, okay. Favorite fabric line. That's a tough one. Uh, like favorite collection of all time. Yep. Oh gosh. Probably that. Um, I love Aaron of uh, cotton and flax. Like oh, okay. Yeah. She has a couple like Arroyo is one of them. Okay. I'm going to have to go Google that. I actually don't know it off the top of my head. Yeah. All right. Your go-to movie. Bridget Jones diary. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, what song can you not get enough of right now? Um, I, you know, my, my favorite song that I, anytime I'm in any kind of mood, I just put it on and it's Harvest Moon by Neil Young. And I just, it like, I start swaying, <laughs> chills me. What pattern of yours is your favorite? You know, I think Maypole is special. Yeah. How come? My most popular one. And it's the one I've made the most. And I think it was kind of born out of an experiment that just worked out. And I've made some, some quilt patterns that are very similar to it since then. And those have all been really, really nice and fun. Very cool. If you could be the best in the world at one thing, what would it be? Skiing. Hmm. I don't know how to ski at all. Okay. But it looks awesome. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What's one thing most people do not know about you? I used to be a really passionate watercolor painter. Okay. I'm going to throw this in. Have you ever thought about designing fabric? Yes. Okay. I think you should. We're going to say that. Favorite vacation place? Before kids, I love South Beach, Miami. Um, With kids, I love Key West in Florida. Okay. I like it. Okay. What is an Instagram account everyone needs to be following? Okay. This is a really silly account. Um, I mean, it's not a silly account, but I don't know if people are going to care about this, but I've been really into Charlotte stone shoes. They make their own clogs and I just, mm. I've purchased a couple things from them and they're my favorite and uh, they're, they're fun. Awesome. Um, yeah. 
shoes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll check it out. All right. Thanks, Susie. As a big fan of yours, this was like really fun to dig in and hear your story. So where can our listeners find you? Uh, All things Susie Quilts. That's S-U-Z-Y Quilts. So SusieQuilts.com, at Susie Quilts. I got um, a Facebook group. That's a lot of fun. And I'll tell you what, I was definitely one of those people that had written off Facebook a couple of years ago and someone, you know, said, well, have you, you know, really tried out groups? Groups are pretty fun. And and so I started this group and it it is legitimately a good time. Really? Okay. Facebook. I don't even know how to look at my own feed. I just immediately jump into groups. And so Susie Quilts Patterns, um, all questions about patterns or people are so adorable with like, they'll post their picture and then there'll be like 50 comments. This is so cool. You know, and I love that. (laughs) All right. I'm going to go check that out. Well, thanks so much. This has been so much fun. So much fun. Thanks for joining me today on the Craft a Career podcast. I hope you enjoyed meeting Susie as much as I did. Be sure to check out the show notes so you can find links to the things that we talked about in the show today. And if you're enjoying the Craft a Career podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Leave a review. Let me know what you'd love to hear more about, what questions you have. And I'm going to start reading the reviews on the beginning of the podcasts. And I'd love to share your review. Join me next week on the Craft to Career podcast. I'll be diving into Instagram and how to find success with Instagram. See you next week.